Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. The NCAA tournament gets going later today. And Mike Pursuit and I will be there in person tomorrow for the Friday games at PPG Paints Arena. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. It is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com. I'm sure the app will be getting a workout from a lot of people. I think next to the NFL playoffs, Mike, in fact, maybe even superior to the NFL playoffs. Not specifically Super Bowl Sunday versus the Final Four, but for an extended swath of gambling there's nothing better than the ncaa tournament is there Uh, you know i'm a big gambling fan as you know but you didn't need to add that for an extended swath of gambling qualifier (laughs) this is the greatest event in sports and it's because it's three weeks long and it's because there are so many teams involved and it's because you just get to to marinate in it Uh, the lead up the time in between games and, you know, then the peaks that it hits on the weekends when they're playing, uh, there's nothing like it for my money. Uh, you know, Super Bowl Sunday is the biggest day of the year. That should be a national holiday. Any game seven, if you're talking Stanley Cup final or the World Series, something of that nature, that's incredible. But nothing beats the NCAA tournament, man. It, if I could only pick one thing, this would be it. What do you think of our region? I like it. I mean, I I would like it no matter what, but uh, I think you've got some interesting history. I think you've got a few upstarts, uh, some obscure and uh, some eh, maybe not blue blood, but, uh, you know, been there, done that brand names. Uh, I like it. I would like like it because there's two big 10 teams you can root against in Illinois and Ohio State. 
I'm going to be rooting for one of them, but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. I just first want to add on to, to what you announced at the beginning of the podcast here that you and I will be attending. Yes. I would, I would like, if it's not too much trouble, I would like for someone out there listening to us to take notes on the games and then send them to us because yeah, we're going to the games, <laughs> but we're going to shales. We're going to the suite. We're going to where the beer is. And that's going to be a really long day. And I'm not quite sure how much retention I'm going to have, but I will enjoy the hell out of it. Nonetheless, this is going to be something it's a long day. You know, when the brackets came out and I saw we started at noon and then there's a nine o'clock game, I said, boy, that's, there's going to be some heavy shifts in there. This is going to feel like a three overtime game in the Stanley cup finals. I'm pretty sure it's a good thing. You got the hotel downtown. Well, and this is why I've been working out in, in preparation. This, this will not be my first foray. Uh, I, I went to the penguins game against Vegas Friday night. I had, uh, my, uh, my son-in-law, uh, volunteered to drive. So, uh, you gotta get in game shape. I got some reps in and uh, then I got home, got some reps in, you know, it's right. you, you, use, just, you use conference tournament week to peak in marks. It's the right yeah. way to go about it. It's not like the old days when you just showed up and you were in playing shape. You got to, you got <laughs> to prepare. If, well, if you want it bad enough, if, if you, if you're attending with a purpose, you got to prepare. When it comes to March madness, cause you're a huge fan of the event as I am. Do you cross pollinate much? Like, do you do brackets? Do you pick futures? And how does that cross pollinate with some of your gambling strategy? I mean, do you have separate houses when it comes to those sort of things, as far as money dedicated or just interest dedicated to those three angles? No, I, I stopped doing brackets uh, a couple of years ago because it just gets in the way. And from a gambling I, perspective, you know, I, I don't want to look at a game in the second round or in the sweet 16 and think, well, you know, school A is the pick here. But then I picked school B on my stupid bracket because I filled it out two weeks ago. I, that bothers me. The only other uh, non-game-to-game gambling that I do on this event is I get in a block pool. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. it's, it's, a, it's a pretty healthy one. And it's better than football to me because basketball, any number's good. Right. Uh, sure. Yeah. The, the block pool for football, you know, if you get like a four and a five in the first yeah, quarter, you don't even so, bother watching. Right. So that, but the, yeah, other than that, I just, um, I have uh, some preconceived ideas about certain conferences and certain teams, but I really like to watch them play. Uh, I, I, I try to get more aggressive as it, as it goes along. I know the, the tendency is to, Oh my God, it's Thursday. We got, you know, what is it? 16 games today. You want to bet every damn one of them. Right. But uh, try to try to exercise a little caution early. At least that's my theory. No, I, I don't think you're exercising any caution early when the first game <laughs> of the day is Colorado state against Michigan. And I think you're going heavy on the Rams as am I, aren't you? Nah, I haven't gone there yet, but well, I am picking, I am picking uh, sister Jean and Loyola. Yeah, you're going to go there. If you want, all right, we'll go back to our guys. region if you want. I figured I just, there's nothing in the world more scary to me than having that first game of the tournament if your school's in it. Because if you lose in the first game and then there's 62 more out of that after That's that. That's the whole thing up, doesn't oh, it? <laughs> it really does suck. I've been there for Syracuse once. I've been there when they've been the first game of the day of the, of the tournament on a Thursday and they've won. Like, and that's great. Then you feel fantastic for the rest of the day and you watch more basketball that there are few things better or worse when your school wins or loses the first game of the NCAA tournament. And for you, 
like before even Michigan State takes the floor against Davidson, Michigan losing to Colorado State, I would think for you would just be wonderful. Yes, it, it would it would mark <laughs> it would mark another successful tournament because as we all know, Tim, there are two goals when this thing starts, and they are in this order: Michigan not winning it, and number two, Michigan State <laughs> winning it. So as soon as Michigan checks out, it's all gravy after that. But uh, I, I do. I will brag on my school just a little bit here. I've been fortunate enough. Uh, I got to see him win it in Indianapolis in 2000. I was there for the championship game. Uh, I saw my team win the last game of the tournament. I saw the nets get cut down and pretty much any, any time since then I can handle what happens. It was a little tougher before that, but uh, you know, even when we lose to middle Tennessee state as a, as a two seed, uh, a couple years ago, dropping a two fifteen game. Uh, oh, well, you know, wait till next year. I've, I've, I've been to the mountaintop. I don't know if I'll ever get there again, but I've been there so I can kind of handle whatever happens after that. Uh, Michigan state, a one point favorite against Davidson. I love Davidson coming into this tournament. You sniff something out here. You and your Sparty sleuths sniffed oh. something out in advance of the tourney, which was the prospect of Michigan state getting Duke in a seven, yeah. two game. You said that was predicted all over Michigan state chat rooms and things like that. A bunch of people. Oh, I was on uh, bracketology. Was bracketology it. had it a couple times. Lenardi yeah. had it. Yeah. Uh, so, do we, do we want to go into this a little bit? Cause to me, yeah. people are going to think I'm just being a Sparty hack and you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is, this is a lock to me. And here's why, uh, this game has so many, nuances and levels to it but the significant player in this matchup is a kid named foster lawyer who that's right was, the michigan state point guard that he was went a, to davidson he was a mr basketball in michigan he uh ended up getting a scholarship to michigan state and for three years they tried to establish that this kid could play in the big 10 he could not so he transfers to davidson it wasn't everybody loved him uh, he's still friends with all the players that he used to play with back there. Tom Izzo loves him to the point that, you know, it got bad for lawyer at MSU because he was so not a big 10 player. The home crowd turned on him and Izzo had to defend him. Izzo came out this week and said, any of our fans who go down there and, and uh, ridicule him or heckle him, you're not Michigan state fans. We don't want you. I mean, th there's still a, a tight relationship between foster lawyer and Michigan state. So to the extent that Izzo and the current players have been watching the Davidson games all year because they really like the kid. Mm -hmm. So this this goofy offense or all this, you know, the motion oh, you offense, you, you don't see this all. The, yeah, they, they've been watching Davidson all year, right? They know they know who these guys are. They know how they play. They know what they're in for. Uh, they certainly know Foster Lawyer. And uh, I don't know when when you're looking at a game and you say, all right, well this guy can't play for team a, but he's one of the best players on team B. I'm going to gravitate to team a, uh, notice we've been talking about this for five minutes and we haven't even gotten into yet. The Tom Izzo, you know, the calendar goes January, February <laughs> Izzo. Now, now I'm getting a little, little sparty hack. Now you're getting honky. Out. Yeah. Now you're getting honky. I mean, Tom Izzo's been the eight final four, Sam. He didn't get there by losing to frigging Davidson. <laughs> All right. He gets he gets there and then he gets killed by North Carolina or something like that. But he doesn't lose to Davidson. Michigan State played really well the last two games of the Big Ten tournament. Knocked off Wisconsin in yeah. the corners. Wisconsin was the co-league champ. 
and then really gave Purdue a battle in the semifinals. Uh, only turned the ball over four times. That's been an issue all year long for Michigan State. But I think MSU finally found its game on that last weekend of the Big Ten tournament. I'm very optimistic going into this game. It's only MSU minus one. I think that's way out of whack. Uh, I think Davidson is a popular pick among people that have to pick every game. Uh, you got to throw a few upsets in there. Yeah, sure, why not? I, I don't see a logical reason why Michigan State doesn't breeze in this game. Do they breeze against Duke? Well, that's another game entirely. Oh, okay. Uh, right. let's, <laughs> I, I wanted it. I didn't say it was going to work out the way I wanted it to work out. Michigan State to- is plus 5,000 to win the region. Duke is plus 500 behind Gonzaga, the one seed, at minus 186. God, the number keeps going up. Um, they're minus money to win the region. And Duke, the ACC was so soft this year, Mike. I believe I got this right. The only team after Duke from the ACC that was, uh, well, there wasn't one that was one that was better than an eight. North Carolina was an eight next. So not a lot of people showing a lot of faith in Duke upsetting Gonzaga. Again, plus 500 for them to win the region. And uh, Michigan State plus 5,000. The only team that I legitimately, maybe two. I, I see Arkansas and Texas Tech giving Gonzaga a harder time than I do Duke, to be frank. Yeah, you know, I'm, I don't know what to make of Duke. Uh, I thought the tide had kind of turned and then the, the stumble at the finish was uh, attention getting to me. Uh, I think it's Gonzaga's tournament to lose. But I thought it was last year, too. If you're looking at them for the whole tourney, it's plus 300. What do you think about that price? Yeah, I might, uh, I might dive in on that. It's that not just... the kind like, so if you go beyond that, let's say if you, if it's anybody but Gonzaga, it's Arizona at 590, it's Kentucky at plus 600, Kansas is at plus 700. Then there's a gap to Baylor at plus 1300 and Duke plus 1400, Purdue's plus 1800. Um, it's not a great return for winning the tournament, but like you said, Mike, um, they are such a prohibitive favorite, first and foremost, to even get out of their own region. Uh, you can't expect that much of a payout. Yeah, and I think that helps, too, having a relatively soft region. You know, you, you get there without killing yourself, and you got more to give at the Final Four. But that's just, it's, it's a very good team, number one. And number two, you know, how many times can you knock on the door without finally getting through? Uh, just it kind of it kind of looks like Gonzaga's year and it kind of feels like Gonzaga's year as well. But since you brought up Purdue, uh, I want to point uh, something else out here just to kind of justify, you know, I've been taking shots at them all year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and again, Sparty hack, Sparty honk, however you want to uh, write that off, but uh, you know who Pat 40 is, right? Sure. Yeah. Sports illustrated, uh, great writer. He ranked every team in the tournament uh, and he has Purdue at number four. Now, this is how he, he wrote up uh, Purdue after choosing them as the fourth best team. In the, and by the way, I think the world of that team this year, I mean, they have, they're, they're loaded, right? They look great, except it says Purdue on the front. Here's what Pat <laughs> Forty said. This is a leap of faith that the Boilermakers can locate some defensive consistency, good point, that they can find a third offensive option, which they will, to go along with guard Jaden Ivey and the rotating post tandem of Zach Eady and Travion Williams and that they can overcome their own institutional history of big dance underachieving. There you go. Institutional history of big dance underachieving. From a neutral, well-respected national voice. 
Nobody, Tim, has won more meaningless basketball games than <laughs> Purdue University. Kentucky's at plus 150 to win that region, then Purdue's at plus 300, and Baylor's at plus 300. Kentucky's been my pick pretty much all year. And then they got it. I want to read that one more time. Their go ahead, own go ahead. Inst- Their own institutional history of big dance underachieving. Wow. That's well, good, right, Dickie? He really, <laughs> really captured the spirit of the thing. The issue that they've got with that institutional history is I just gave you three other institutions that have a history of winning <laughs> in Kentucky, yeah. Baylor, and UCLA, some more recent than others. But Kentucky's plus 150 in the region. Purdue and Baylor are both plus 300, and then UCLA is plus 350. Um, you think that's good enough return for Purdue going against those teams? No, no, no. <laughs> Just stay off of that. Leave that future alone. Uh, I think I'm going to play them early and then it's going to get to that point where the light will go off and okay. Now that you switch it up and go the other way, you know, one little gambling strategy that I try to employ and, and have done so with some success when it comes to the NCAA tournament is, you know, especially for novice gamblers who, you know, maybe play the brackets for a while then try to, graduate and elevate into the point spread per game boy does it get harder there right so you ever done a bracket where it's you pick on the point spread well <laughs> that'll take you a while to surf through but um but you know speak, I've, I've been in some pools where you have to it's decided by the point spread yeah like you get so you like get if i get Ari- pick yeah if i have arizona state and i win but don't cover then yeah. whoever Arizona State beat, that guy gets to steal my team for right. the next round. So you could have two or three different teams on the way to the championship if it works out. Those are fun. Um, one strategy that I employ that I, I would suggest everybody does is find yourself a favorite with a narrow line and hit it hard if you see a good matchup. Like, for instance, I, Murray State against San Francisco – you know, my only concern about Murray State this year was where they get seated too high. Like, would put somebody put them in a six or a five? They were where I thought they should be, which was a seven. And San Francisco was another team that I would have picked as maybe like a 10 or 11 upset team, but they're playing each other. And the line is narrow. And I think Murray State's going to win that game. I feel really good about that one. That one's only a point and a half. Like, that's a. It's actually a, a point as we speak. Is it a point now? Okay. That's. Great. Even better. Uh, go with Murray state. Um, you mentioned uh, our region. We should probably get back Bill, to our Bill Russell, right. not, not playing for San Francisco. Correct. Correct. Yes. Last time okay. I checked, uh, he is out of eligibility. Yes. And he has an institutional history of winning beyond San Francisco. Oh my God. Last time I checked. Yeah. yeah. Um, but going towards our region, maybe you're somebody who likes Ohio state or really likes Loyola. That's another example in Pittsburgh. You know, you got a half point there hit it and hit it hard because they don't have to cover by much. You know, yeah. I love underdogs in the NCAA tournament. I try to find as many underdogs that I really like. Um, I think Richmond could beat Iowa as much as I like Iowa, but I'm really feeling good about them covering a double digit spread, a 10 and a half point spread. Now, um, Fran McCaffrey's got some institutional issues as well. Let me just yes, point that out. Yeah. And I have been on Iowa's train <laughs> and they have derailed my pool on many occasions. Many, I always find myself. That's one of those teams that I always find myself falling in love with way too much. And they hurt me way too often. Um, but like 
Richmond's they, a good play, I think, because they're hot. They just won their tournament. There's one. There's one of these uh, things going on with them that you see in the A10 a lot, like these mid-major schools that figure it out late, that have a bunch of graduating guys that are able to put it together and muster up some momentum. Like I could see them covering a 10-point spread pre- pretty easily. Um, but I don't know. Those are just a few that sort of jump out at me in terms of individual games and individual spreads. I just think you got to find the spreads in the tournament as much as you find the teams. Oh, no question. Or, you know, we talked last week about, you know, if you, if you really like teams to win, uh, play those parlays, even if it's, uh, you know, a two-teamer and it might come back at 80%, that's still 80% to the good instead of 100 and, 110% to the bad. Are you uh, even going to watch the last game, by the way, in Pittsburgh? Are you going to check out for Sparty? Uh, I'm going to play that by ear. I got to see what kind of TV uh, access we have in our suite because we do is, have a television. I just got to figure out how to work it. The Michigan State <laughs> game is the CBS game. So it's not even like I got to hope the arena can get true TV or some of the, yeah. you know, third, third world channels they put these games on in the early going. But if we can get the game on, I'll watch it there. If we can't, uh, I, I will, res- I will to- respect you for a solid three game effort. If you decide yeah. to bow out and go back to the hotel for Sparty, that was I'm, I'm going hard now. I, you know, Hey, I hope people understand no guarantees on this thing. And we've been doing this for a while now. Sometimes we're right. Sometimes we're not. The idea yeah. is, you know, interesting conversation and to get people thinking if, if I was guaranteed picks, I wouldn't be doing this with you live from export Pennsylvania. I'd be out in Vegas, <laughs> you know, with some with some uh bells and whistles around me uh you know not to mention piles of money so uh it's just uh just an opinion but i i'm gonna bang that spartan drum fairly hard uh i I, i'm almost offended that people are talking about davidson as much as they are and i don't think they understand that michigan state understands everything about davidson because of foster lawyer well i would have been pounding Davidson to just about anybody who would listen if they weren't up against a coach like Izzo and had a good team like Michigan state that knows yeah. how to win in March in their first today is uh, Izzo 16th, by the way, is what oh, is today it? is, is Izzo 16th. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out and correcting me. Yeah. Eight final force. Didn't get there. Losing to friggin' Davidson. What about uh, Loyola and Ohio state? You said you're going with sister Jean, huh? I am now Ohio state really kind of banged up, but their health is the big thing here. Stumbled down the stretch, uh, a couple of the bigs and and their ankles to him, at least with the one guy. And you don't know when those are going to go out again. They just, EJ Liddell is one of the best players in the country. Uh, he's, he's really fun to watch. He's a marvelous player and he's so patient Tim. He could go eight, 10, 12 minutes into a game. And maybe he only has two points and he hasn't been getting his touches, but by the end of the day, He's going to have his 20-plus. He's going to be the guy making shots down the stretch. I just think Ohio State is – something's out of sync right now. Uh, and uh, Loyola, uh, I looked this up from somebody. When they get in, they win. They don't get in very often. But uh, let's see if I can find that stat. It won at least two games in each of its last three NCAA appearances, last year, 2018, and 1985. <laughs> like like anything that happened in 1985 applies to Friday but uh you know getting a half uh this this is Ohio State against Loyola if Ohio State was really Ohio State this should be seven eight nine points right yeah and it's and it's pick that, that tells me a tremendous that they, they can't get people to bet on Ohio State in this game 
looks like I'm not going to be able to do my 18 parlay of all the ones and all the twos, Mike. I can't find Gonzaga on the money line anywhere. Ah, well, just, you know, I'd have to just go with 17 or then adjust accordingly. I I love that idea. I'm going to jump on that with you, by the way. All right. Just the percentages of it. Uh, I don't know what it'll pay out coming back, but it won't lose. The other game that we haven't talked about yet is Nova and Delaware. That's because it's Nova and Delaware. Uh, I see Villanova winning and winning easily. I, I think Mike on Sunday, that could be a fun day at PPG paints arena. There's going to be plenty of fans from both teams traveling uh, from the East and Philadelphia from the West and Ohio state. If Ohio state wins, I think the spread is somewhere around like 19 and a half when it comes to Villanova and Delaware. I don't know. 15, anything about, 15 and a half. Oh, is it 15 and a half? Okay. Yeah. I don't know anything about Delaware. Anthony Jaskolski, who was on yesterday, uh, he was trying to talk me into Delaware being a good team when it comes to covering. Nah, I don't think so. Uh, I'm just going to go with Nova. And then uh, I got Nova advancing over whoever wins that first game. Well, here's the history of it. Uh, this is Delaware's sixth all-time NCAA appearance. Mm-hmm. First since 2014. 0-5 in the first five. So Villanova's going to win the game. Now it's just a matter of just Villanova win by 16. And, you know, they're coming off the, the won the conference tournament. I like teams that hit the, hit the NCAA ground running, so to speak uh, teams that are playing well. Uh, it's a good defensive team, Villanova. Uh, they can shoot the three. Well, uh, Delaware does not defend the three. Uh, probably going to go Villanova in this one. It is a big number, but uh, the only uh, thing that really, gives me pause for Delaware is uh, Jameer Nelson Jr. Plays for Delaware. Oh, my God. And and this gives me pause because it makes me feel really old because I remember seeing Jameer Nelson play at yeah. the Colombo Center. Uh, the there was Columbo actually Center and also against uh, – no, he didn't play against Pitt, did he? Because Pitt lost to Oklahoma State, but he got to the Elite Eight with St. Joe's before they lost to Oklahoma State. I remember yes. watching yes, that. Yes, he did. I was covering a game, a Duquesne-St. Joe's game with uh, – one of my colleagues at the trip at the time, Joe Bendel, uh, who I'm sure you know well. Sure. Yes. And we were standing there during, they were playing the national anthem. And he goes, look at Jameer. Look at, he's hitting me in the ribs and he's pointing at him. And he was standing there, Tim. He had his arms folded and his eyes were rolling around. Like, will you get this over with so I can hang 40 on these losers and get <laughs> on to my next game? And he pretty much did. I don't know how many he scored, but it just all business, just I'm going to dominate. Everybody knows it. And there isn't anything anybody can do about it. I don't think his kid's quite that good, but uh, you know, I, I wasn't that young or old then, but I'm old now and his kids playing. I think Villanova rolls. Oh, I figured out the other reason why you're picking sister Jean. Cause Valentine's the coach. The Michigan state guys, the coach, that was another one. Cause you're talking about Jameer Nelson jr. How old I felt. I'm like, Jesus. And Valentine's coaching Drew and Valentine. Like, Lofton's, Teddy Lofton's kid is playing in the tournament. Yeah. My God, Drew Valentine. I wasn't going to go there. Cause I figured we had enough Spartan <laughs> honkiness for people are switching into soft as we speak, but Drew Valentine, the brother of Denzel Valentine was a graduate manager at Michigan state in 2014 when uh, MSU went to the Elite Eight and 2015 when MSU went to the Final Four. So he knows how to get there from here. He certainly knows how to get past the Ohio State University. Uh, That is intrinsic to their abilities to 
move on and they will try Buckeyes to also so. took a big steam and dump last year in uh, a 215 matchup yes they did oral roberts university uh, which makes me think that they probably won't get another two seed to lose this year which is why i'm <laughs> going with my one two bet across the board um so do you by the way do you see anybody uh knocking off arizona i thought mike decorsi he did the breakfast with ben's podcast with me he said uh they're the least flawed team you guys didn't very- talk about soccer did you no, we did not. We did not okay. mention Liverpool, but Arizona's plus 140 in that region. That number keeps getting smaller and smaller. Villanova plus 350, Tennessee plus 400, Houston plus 525. I'll tell you, if anybody beats Arizona, Mike, I think it's going to be Tennessee. I think Tennessee's really good. I'm with you on that. Um, Houston's interesting. Uh, let's uh, jump back to our region since uh, uh-huh. since you mentioned Houston. A lot of people like uh, UAB in this one. I can't understand why because Houston's Houston, a little banged it, up. Yeah, but it's been banged up and it's been better since it got it's, banged yeah, up. True. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was a long time ago. That was mid season when those guys went out and Houston's a really good defensive team and all UAB's got is the one guy, right? Mm-hmm. Jelly Walker who uh, can hang 40 on you. And uh, if my numbers are right, uh, 40% three point shooter, 20 points a game North of that. But, uh, you know, I, I see a Kelvin Sampson coached uh, defensive team taking that guy out, and then they got nothing else, right? At least that's that's my theory. I'm giving, the eight, Arizona, yeah. I'm, I'm giving the eight and a half in that one, uh, as long as Kelvin Sampson doesn't send any text messages. Uh, I think that's legal now, but uh, back when he was the coach at IU, it was not. Houston and, and uh, Illinois could be a fun game. And Illinois, Illinois that's the other one in our region. Illinois is a really intriguing team to me. 22 and nine overall, 15 and five in the Big Ten. But injuries and COVID issues, and it seemed like throughout the regular season, it was always something like, uh, this guy's out, or this guy's got COVID, or this game got canceled to somebody else that's COVID, and now the schedule's messed up. They got two of the best players in the country, Illinois. Kofi Coburn, the big guy, if he doesn't get in foul trouble, and should he really have to get in foul trouble against Chattanooga? No, he shouldn't. Okay, yeah, thank you. So if he doesn't get in foul trouble, he's going to dominate. And have you seen this kid, uh, Andre Curbelo, play the guard? Yeah. Uh, it, I've never seen a ball handler like this. This guy throws passes other people don't even think of. He is going to be entertaining as hell to watch. That's the uh, third game, right? That's the third game. I think Illinois has another gear that it hasn't found yet. And it, you know, pretty good regular season, despite all the issues. Uh, that's, a, that's a scary team to me. I, I think they're very good. Do you like anybody besides Kansas or Auburn in the Midwest? Like I'll rephrase that. Your two big 10 teams that are there, uh, Wisconsin and Iowa, they pose a threat at all, or is it just nah. Kansas or Auburn to get to the final four? Yeah. That's, you think so? Uh, congrats to Bucky Badger for being a preseason 10th place team, uh, according to the predictions and scrapping its way to a title, but one player, it's not enough. Iowa's plus 350, Wisconsin plus 1,000, Kansas yeah. plus I was going to kill people until the threes don't fall that one day when you're in a weird gym. And then that it's, feels uh, very familiar to me who has yeah. been burned by Iowa a thousand times. And then it's back, back, to my earlier point. back to the cornfields to plant or whatever they do in the <laughs> spring out there. <laughs> Can Iowa play Iowa State? Well, they won't be able to play Iowa State what, until the Elite Eight. And that will require Iowa State beating Wisconsin and Auburn 
and Iowa getting past Kansas. So I just don't see that happen. In fact, like I said, I really like Richmond getting 10 and a half. There's a couple other teams, Mike, and I made this point to DeCourcy. I brought this up to Jaskolski too. I'll throw it at you real quick. Last thing to bring up, we'll take a quick break and then maybe hit on some hockey and hit on the, the Trubisky signing too, some of the Steelers stuff. Mitchapalooza. Um, th- there are some teams that I really like that I saw during the regular season a couple times or that I know. Do they have uh, an institutional history of big dance underachieving these teams you like? Uh, no, but one has an institutional achievement of kicking my ass earlier this season, and that's Colgate. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, after I'm going to get Syracuse. that on a T-shirt, by the way. What, Colgate beating Syracuse or an institutional no, history? It's, it, institutional history of big dance underachieving. <laughs> uh, I thought that they would be a team that could really bother somebody, um, but they've got a tough matchup early on against Wisconsin, against Bucky. I think they're getting seven and a half. I might take it. Uh, then there's Vermont against Arkansas. Vermont, I think, is only like a five-point underdog or something like that. I love Arkansas. I think Arkansas can be noisy, get to the Sweet 16, and give Gonzaga a scare. I hated seeing Vermont. There's another team that has an institutional history of kicking my ass in March Madness. That's Vermont. <laughs> that's only happened like one time, right? So maybe that's I'm not- just – that's probably it, Mike. I'm just biased by these two schools because the pain yeah. they've caused me. That's it more than anything. That happens to everybody once. To that end, you seen anybody beat UConn? Uh, have New Mexico State beat UConn in the first? I haven't seen them picked by too many people, have you? I have not. I wanted to ask you about what you thought of Baylor because I saw them early in the year before they got banged up. And I, I thought, like Baylor. boy, I was really impressed. I always like Baylor, and uh, I want it to be, as far as that East region goes, I just want it to be Baylor, UCLA, Purdue, and Kentucky. I just want that Sweet 16. I think that's going to be a fabulous yeah. Sweet 16. I can see Virginia, Virginia Tech's so hot right now, and they're supposed to be so much better at the start of the year, and they're peaking at the right time. I can see them screwing some of that up, though. I can yeah. see them maintaining this hot streak a little bit. I, I like those teams that come in on a roll, you know, assuming it's not some nobody from nowhere that yeah. uh, managed to win four games against other nobodies. No, but like when Kemba did it with UConn, like you knew yeah. there was, that was something, right? So, all right. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the Steelers and uh, we'll talk about the Penguins game against the Predators and we'll look ahead to what they've got coming up this weekend too. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. It is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, back on the Pittsburgh CityCast. Uh, talk plenty about the NCAA basketball tournament. Mike and I will be there tomorrow. Hopefully you're listening to this and watching and maybe scouting ahead a little bit and keeping an eye on a computer, see what's going on in free agency. But uh, where we are right now, by the time Mike and I are recording, the biggest story surrounding the Steelers still is Mitch Trubisky, the new Steelers quarterback. Why are people making it sound like this is still a competition between him and Rudolph? Like, I have no idea. Well, why would they do I, that if the plan wasn't to make him the starter? Why would they give somebody who could be a backup quarterback a minimum of $7 million? I, I, they would not. Yeah, exactly. They would um, not. They did not. I, I don't know what. Who's ever saying that? I mean, 
has anybody from the organization given lip service or commented on the Trubisky signing yet? Not at say? the time that you and I are recording. No. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, everything we all we heard from everybody who was quoted anywhere basically boiled down to us. Well, you know, it ain't going to be Mason Rudolph. I mean, we're not playing that guy. Right. I mean, was I reading too much into that or apparently what? not? I mean, like, apparently they must have told some of these guys that because <laughs> it slipped out in interviews, you know, guys like Najee Harris and TJ Watt, you know, kind of let it slip when they were talking about, Hey, who, he, invariably they got questions. Who do you think the quarterback's going to be next year? And they didn't always say, or maybe never even mention Mason Rudolph. Like they yeah, were going to somebody else. The guys in authority, the head coach and uh, the team president, they said stuff like, well, all options are on the table and we're going to we're going to look through every door. And there's a lot of doors to look through. I mean, nobody said, well, we got Mason. We've been we drafted Mason. We've been developing Mason. We really like Mason. We'll see if we maybe bring a guy in. No, nah, it was none of that. It was the vibe all along to me has been they're not going to war with that guy. Yeah, and I and, think a lot of people I, agree with you, and I agree with you. I like I, I didn't want that either. And when I Ryan Clark that, comes, I mean, I, Ryan, Ryan Clark. Clark's in the media now, and he's learned how to play the media game. He but when he says a player, when he says you're not the Steelers if you play this guy, I mean, I think he was coming from the heart because he was terrified that they might actually be considering it. So no, it's the it's the Mitch uh, Trubisky show, and I for one am all in. Uh, I'm ready to see what happens. I, I, don't I think know what... a lot of people are putting a lot of chips in the table because it's not Mason. I think yeah, the fear I, of it not should. being yeah, but the fear of it not. Let me rephrase that. The fear of it being Mason has clouded our judgment as to what Trubisky can be. I don't think it's clouded mine. I think my view of it is Mason Rudolph, no chance. Mitch Trubisky, ah, you never know. Is he going to be better than what Roethlisberger was last year? Yes. So do you think that they are, with what they have coming back, what we saw the team was by the end of last season? If I were to give you an over-under nine and a half, where would you go? North. You're that sold on him. See, I'm not. Well, I want to see I want to see what happens in the draft, too. But I also think I think the offensive line was progressing through last year if for no other reason than by the number of snaps guys were playing. I think that'll be better. I really like what they did bringing in the uh, number of guys they did, which surprised me a little bit. But now in those interior positions, you have four guys to play three spots. So you got a little competition and you have some options. I think that's a real positive. You have uh, more depth than you had. Uh, they better be right about Chooks of for. And I'm not yeah, sure. They better be. I'm not sure how I would have handled that one. Uh, I, I could have seen that working out either way the, them saying, Hey, go ahead, take a walk or them saying, oh, you know what? You're a guy we drafted and developed and have been working with. We're playing you. Uh, they went to the ladder. I hope they were right on that one. Uh, I think they have a chance to get uh, better defensively through the draft and better health. You know, I just, uh, and, and who knows what will change between now and the time when people hear this, but and I don't know how much the $7 million or them having to take into consideration what could be part of the equation for the $27 million in bonuses that he could hit. Cause that's how it works, right? He's yeah. going to count like $7 million against the cap this year. And then there's like, uh, he has to win the super bowl and Purdue has to overcome an institutional history of underachieving in the big dance. 
for him to get $27 million. Yeah. But he could get so 17. He it. You know, he could get whatever it is. I wanted to see that money spent elsewhere. And I'll be honest with you, Mike, like I like Daniels too. I like Lakin Tomlinson better. I like Levi Wallace. I, I like JC Jackson and Carl. Yeah, I'm not a Levi Wallace fan. Le- Levi Wallace was the guy when you played Buffalo, that's the guy you wanted to throw at. Yeah, but they didn't. He kept intercepting Steeler passes. <laughs> you know, he's pretty good at doing that. Well, that doesn't mean he can cover. That's just, you know. That now he's, he's playing against the Steeler offense. Yeah, he's not going to get him against anybody now. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. They're, they're, they still have some issues of quarterback to resolve, but a uh, lot of defensive help available in this draft. And, you know, they did win uh, nine regular season games last year and probably should have won 10 you know, if you find a way to beat then winless Detroit. Uh, I think they're going to be better at quarterback. I think uh, Kevin Colbert just alluded without a lot of fanfare during his offseason thing or pre-combine thing. Should they expect more out of Najee Harris next year? And I, I, I wrote about pre- that. I, yeah, I wrote I, about that. And you know what, Mike, when I posted that column in the Trib, people were yelling at me like it was my opinion. All I said was, I know where Colbert's coming from. I cited the specific stats I know he's talking about, like yeah. breakaway runs and yards per carry and, you know, um, he was great at taking three yard losses and turning them into one yard gains. Like, you know, and yeah. I'm not diminishing that because he kept them on schedule more and their schedule was bad enough as it was. So I'm not saying, and I don't think Colbert was saying that he was a disappointment or it wasn't very good. He was just saying that there's areas where he can get better. And I wrote this column and people were yelling at me. Like I was the one saying it. I'm like the guy who picked him is saying it. And he's probably right. Spot on, right? And it's it's got nothing to do with him not having a great rookie year. Considering now, it's how good can this guy really be? You know, his best run of the year was third and two in Minnesota when he gained three yards after getting hit by five guys. Yeah, when they yeah. were losing twenty nine nothing. Remember that, Troy? Sure, Hayden's yes. Like, I think that's the best three yard run I ever saw. Like, let's get him to the line of scrimmage with a hole this time. See what happens. I mean, it, he'll he'll be much better. Not on him but because of those around him, uh, you know, assuming they were right on a core four, Claypool is a huge uh, variable. Uh, they need him to play like a 6'4", 235-pound guy that can run like a deer and actually catch the ball and not fall down like Bambi. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to fix some areas on the D, specifically inside linebacker. Um, is, is there enough done on the line bringing Adams back and – Cam Hayward out at the combine just sort of matter-of-factly included Stefan Tuitt in the uh, we have this, 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 and this conversation he was having with Andrew Siciliano. Uh, I don't know what's up with Tuitt or what should be expected, but that's another variable. But, yeah, they could, they're not hopeless. I mean, you know, there's a little work with there. And I think Trubisky will be fun to watch um, just because there'll be so much movement and uh, so much happening. I don't know if it'll be good, but it'll be more fun to watch than Roethlisberger throwing the ball sideways after a second and a half. The whole theory that Matt Nagy ruined Mitch Trubisky is something that's being sold really hard in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Maybe rightfully so. Maybe rightfully so. But you know what else Pittsburgh sold really hard? Matt Canada is an idiot. This guy, this guy is an overrated college assistant coach. What the hell is he doing as an NFL offensive coordinator? Oh, 
Oh, okay. So he was ruined by one idiot, but the other idiot's going to fix him. Oh, I, yeah. I see. I see how this works. <laughs> yeah. I well, got it a, now. Oh, Tim Canada's our, Canada's our idiot. Come yeah, on. Our idiot is going to fix the, what the other idiot messed up. They can't, they can't talk like that to our pledges. <laughs> Only we can talk like that to our pledges. Or no, Mr. The other... Trubisky is so good, he's going to overcome Canada's idiocy. Well, then why didn't he overcome Nagy's idiocy then? Speaking to that, uh, Jim Miller, when he did his interview with the DV Morning Show this week, uh, talked about how the Bears, in Jim Miller's opinion, wanted Trubisky to be a pocket passer. And he, is, he can be that, but if that's not there or if, it, if he's better served to get out on the wing and use his legs, he should be doing that. He should be a move quarterback. And if that was a big issue, as Miller perceived it to be, I don't think that's going to be an issue here. I think they're going to want him play action bootlegging and read optioning and RPOing and doing all the stuff Ben Roethlisberger couldn't do. Fair enough. I, I didn't agree with what Miller said about maybe, I, I don't know, the history of the Bears tight ends all that much, but maybe he's right about Fryermuth. But like, didn't David Montgomery play for the Bears? Like him saying that Najee Harris right away is the best running back that Jordan Harris. I mean, like they've had some good running backs for Trubisky and the complaint was that they didn't run the ball enough. Um, yeah. you know, and he kept trying to take the run game out of the offense and throw too much with a guy who wasn't that accurate. His deep ball accuracy is a concern, but then that again, is a concern, but you don't have to worry about that. If it's a play action bootleg, like eight yards to Fryermuth, and then see how much he can get after the catch. All right. We'll wrap up Mike uh, real fast. I, I, I stumbled onto something here, uh, that I really liked when the penguins played the predators, a couple things hit for me earlier in the week and they've been hot lately bet on the coyotes. I mean, they get a goal and a half every game, and they uh, win. But we missed it. They're too. They're, they're going to go back to the mean now, aren't they? Yeah, they they've are. Had, the, they've the, had their 15 minutes. I missed the Penguins it anyway. being desperate, and needing to win. Yeah, on Saturday night, that's probably how it's going to go. But um, the other thing is, I, I I was looking at a little history of this too. Roman Yossi, you want a little nugget? I do. Roman Yo, Roman Yossi to get a point. It's always plus money. He's leading the Preds in points right now he's dick tarnstroming this thing with a much better team <laughs> <laughs> and he had two points against the pens that one jumped out of me i was looking at it, I was like hey roman yossi gets a lot of points let me see what the individual is on this and i looked it up it was like 310 to score a goal and it was like 143 to get a point wow that's a great return yeah that's, or maybe it's sorry 134 but you know this is not an average defenseman like this is a point getting defenseman here you know so Keep an eye on that one. I, I think that one could be some money moving forward for folks. Look at that from time to time if you're looking for some hockey. Yeah, just uh, I'll just follow up with, uh, you know, we talked a, a week or maybe two podcasts ago about the Penguins and how under was starting to look good. And since the All-Star break, they've played 15 games. In 10 of them, a combined six goals or fewer have been scored. And, you know, they're a team right now that has no secondary scoring, pretty good goaltending, and they're trying to hone their defensive game. As, and St. As Louis's goaltender has been hot as, lately, too. As a group. So, you know, if you get an under that's six, six and a half looks like money. Yeah. Six, you, six, you got a shot to at least And they're a one-line team. That's if not thing. win. Yeah. They're a and, now they're team. and now they're monkeying with that, yep. which ain't going to fix the problem. It's just going to fix the problem of having a really good one line. <laughs> Don't want that. Who wants no. that? By the way, the answer is Carter and Malkin together and keep the first line the way it was, and then everybody else plays defense. 
and, and, the, and, and get the other one more answer, guy and get one more guy for that second line. And the other answer is to keep Pedersen watching rather than playing and keep the little scrapper in there. Mark Ooh, uh, Friedman. Friedman. Yeah. A little ball of hate. Yes. All right. Uh, maybe look for oh, that guy that uh, Anaheim moved to Colorado would have been nice. Um, Manson. Oh, Manson. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The defensive, yeah. but the, the money, right? He, Anaheim made half the salary. It was still $2 million. Like Burke um, said, it's got to be money out, money in. Yeah. So maybe trade one of the figure skaters for uh, a plotter, cur a curler. <laughs> <laughs> Sweep away the front of the net. Yeah. Clean out the house. Exactly. All right. Uh, that'll do it. Mike, can't wait for Friday. Enjoy the first round of the games. Go Davidson's Rams. going go down. Davidson is getting its ass kicked. I'm, I'm worried about the Colorado State Rams at 12-15. I want that game over by 12-45. I want them covering huge by 12-45. I won't argue. When we are back with you, it'll be next week, and we'll see how we survive Friday, and we'll be ready. Go, for Sister Jean. This is Hail Mary City full Cast. of grace. Knock Ohio State on its face. Oh, just start singing the Sparty fight song. That's why you're doing it. We lifted the curtain on this a long time ago. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. Go Green.